God on your feet. Stand up to your feet this morning and give God the praise because he's worthy of our praise this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. We've got a reason to praise the Lord this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many of you know God is good this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Before you're seated. I want to give you the title of my message and just read the word and then go to the Lord one more time in prayer. The title of my message this morning is given to me by the Holy Spirit is simply remember me. They are the words of Jesus as recorded by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 20 to 3 to 25, which says this. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And whenever you drink it, remember me. And that's exactly what God wants of us this morning, church. He wants us to remember him. No matter what situation you find yourself in this morning, no matter what lot in life you might be in, whether you're on the mountaintop or whether you're in the valley, whether you are in the center of a storm or whether you're at peace on the side of the sea, I want you to know this morning that the word of the Lord is remember me. Go to the Lord one more time in prayer and ask that we do just that this morning. Father God, you are the love of our life. And we give you the praise this morning because you are worthy of all of our praise. If you never do another single thing for us, God, we still give you the praise because you've given us life and life more abundantly. We give you praise because you've given us your son, Jesus Christ. And when you give us your son, you've given us everything else that we need pertaining to life and righteousness. So, God, this morning, I pray that all of us would remember you. God, that just for a moment in time, we would forget about ourselves. That we would forget about our trials and tribulations and the heartaches of the week. That we would forget even towards the end of this sermon about our grumbling tummy that might want some food. But I pray this morning, God, that we would forget all about ourselves. And that we would remember you. That we would focus on you, Father God, so that you could do what you want to do in your house and in our lives, in our minds, and in our hearts, God. I pray that you would be high and lifted up. And that your presence and your glory would fill this place. And all of us are careful to give you the praise. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. You might be seated in the house of the Lord this morning. As you know... On the first Sunday of every month, we celebrate the cross and we celebrate Holy Communion, which we're going to do as we normally do. But I'm going to delay and do it at the end of the service so that the word of the Lord has a chance to penetrate and do something in our hearts. So that when we do take, we don't take unrightly, that we will allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do in our lives before we partake of the bread and partake of the cup. Every month we set aside one Sunday, like I said, to remember the cross and to remember Jesus Christ, to remember the the great sacrifice that he made on our behalf, uh, to remember the love that he demonstrated towards us. And while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He wants us to remember that while we were walking in darkness and while we were doing what is right in our own eyes and when we were leaning on our own understanding and when we were living in rebellion and when we were even enemies of Jesus Christ, he still died for us so that we might have life. And it's one of the things he wants us to remember this morning, because I think, church, sometimes we forget that we were all sinners saved by grace. I think sometimes that we all forget that uh, there are none that are righteous, no, not one, and that all of our righteousness, no matter how we dress it up and no matter how pretty it looks in our own eyes, is nothing more than filthy rags in the eyes of a righteous and holy God. I think we forget sometimes, church, the price that Jesus Christ paid for us so that we might have life. 
I think we forget sometimes that somewhere in our life, God found us playing with the pigs, covered in filth and covered in guilt and covered in shame and covered in iniquity and covered in sin. But he washed us up, church, and he put a robe of righteousness upon our back and he put a royal ring upon our finger. And sometimes we forget that, church. But it's what God wants us to do this morning is to remember all about that. I think we forget sometimes that every single one of us were a slave to sin. I think that every single one of us forget that we were bound up by sin, that we were lost in darkness, that we once were lost, but now we're found, we're blind, but now we see. I think we forget sometimes about the incredible power that the cross provided for you and me so that you and I who once were lost might be found, who were blind to to all the things of God and the, the goodness of God and the glory of God. I think we forget sometimes that we had scales of sin all upon our eyes so we couldn't see the likeness of Christ. But one day, the grace of God caused those scales to fall from our eyes so that we might behold the glory of God. It's what He wants us to remember this morning. And it's why Jesus said, remember me. Because without Him, church, the reality is we are nothing. I am the vine, you are the branches, Jesus said. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And the reality is we have to remember that, church, that without Jesus Christ, without the cross, without the blood, without the body, without the the price that Jesus paid, we are nothing. doesn't matter what your position is in the eyes of man. Doesn't matter how much money we've got in the bank. It doesn't matter how nice we dress up. It doesn't matter what kind of bling we're able to put on. It doesn't matter on what side of the tracks we live. Without Jesus Christ and the blood that He shed, you and I are nothing. And we must remember that, church. We're not to boast in ourselves. We're to boast in Jesus Christ. We're not to boast in our accomplishments. We're to boast in His sacrifice. We're not to boast in our position. We're to boast in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the price that He paid. So today we're going to do just that. We are going to remember Him. One of the first things I want us to understand about Jesus' comments to the disciples As they sat around the table and they broke bread and they they enjoyed the Last Supper together, is that Jesus himself realized that even his closest friends, that even his dearest disciples had the propensity to forget all about him. They had the propensity to forget all about his teachings. They had the propensity to forget all about uh, their relationship, what they had with him. You see, Jesus understood that there was coming a time when he would be out of sight. And when you're out of sight, sometimes you're out of mind. So Jesus said to his dearest disciples and his closest friends, who he knew were prone to forget all about him, he said, remember me. And he's speaking those words to us this morning. Remember me. In the midst of whatever is going on in your life, I want you to remember me. Remember me because we all have the propensity to forget, church. Remember me because we all have the capacity to get so caught up in the things of this world. In the cares of this world, and the concerns of this world, and the disappointments of this world, and the burdens of this world, that we forget all about the cross of Jesus Christ. We forget about all about the cost that Christ paid. He said, remember me, because the reality is all of us and so many of us can get so caught up and distracted by the pleasures of this world and by the attractions of this world and by the things of this world that we forget all about the precious Lamb of God that died for our sins. You see, we've got to remember that Jesus didn't need a cross. We did. You see, well, one of the things we have to remember is that Jesus didn't carry his sins to the cross. He carried our sins to the cross. Jesus didn't carry his iniquity and didn't carry his guilt and didn't carry his unrighteousness and didn't carry his ungodliness to a cross on on Calvary. He carried my sin and your sin and your filth and my filth and our fallings all to the cross of Calvary. Jesus didn't carry his own sin. He was the spotless Lamb of God. 
that died for a spotted spectacle like you and me. And we must remember that, church. When Jesus Christ hung on the cross, He hung there as the innocent, spotless Lamb of God that became tainted by our sins and our iniquities. And we cannot afford to forget that, church. We must remember the price that Jesus paid. We must remember, like I said, that He was the pure, spotless Lamb. And we were the spotted spectacle. We were the ones that deserved the cross. We were the ones that deserved the punishment. We were the ones that deserved to hang between a thief on one side and a crooked man on the other side because we were just as guilty as those two men. The cross was reserved for the wicked. The cross was reserved for the guilty. Not for Jesus Christ. But He took our place because we are the ones that deserve to be there. And we cannot forget that, church, but far too often we do. You see, the reality is every time we walk in our own ways, we betray the cross. Every time we do what is right in our own eyes, we we must forget the price that Jesus paid on our behalf. Every time we lean on our own understanding, instead of acknowledging God in all of our ways, listen to me, we must forget about the great price that He paid. Because if we remembered, we'd be careful where we walked. If we remembered, we'd be careful what we said. If we remembered, we'd be careful where we went and what we did, church. We would be careful to glorify the Lord who bought us with His precious blood. If we remembered, church, the truth is, every single one of us is prone to forget about the cross. Every single one of us is prone to forget about Jesus Christ and all that He has done for us and all that He has promised and provided for us. You see, for some of us this morning, the cross is nothing more than a faraway thought that hasn't run through your mind until the first Sunday of every month. For some of us, Calvary is nothing more than a distant land that we haven't traveled to in weeks or months or even years. For some of us, church... We haven't bore up or taken up the cross in so long that we forget what it feels like. And we forget what it looks like. And we forget what it tastes like. You see, the reality is, if we want to be like Jesus every day, we got to take up our cross every day. But for some of us, it's been so long that we forget what it feels like. We forget the cross is hard to carry. We forget that the road is rough. We forget that it's, that it's an old rugged cross. We forget how difficult it is to bear. We forget the weight that is attached to it, church. Some of this morning has forgotten what the cross looks like. It's ugly because it's covered in sin. It's ugly because it's covered in unrighteousness. It's ugly because it's covered in wickedness. It's an ugly thing to look at, but it's a beautiful thing when Jesus hangs there. We forget that the cross is an ugly thing and a beautiful thing at the same exact time. We forget that its ugliness is because of us, and we forget that its beauty is because of the love and the blood of Jesus Christ. The cross was covered in sin, but covered in the blood of Jesus Christ as well. And we must remember that, church. Some of us have forgotten that the cross tastes bitter. It was the bitter cup that Jesus had to drink from, but it's been so long since we've had it on our shoulder that we forget how bitter it really is. It was so bitter that Jesus, while He was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, said, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, this bitterness can pass from me, let it be, but nevertheless, not my will, but Thy will be done. And Jesus drank the bitter cup. So that you and I might taste the sweetness of His grace. So that you and I might taste the sweetness of His mercy. So that you and I this morning might taste the sweetness of His fellowship. But the reality is, I'm not saying this to condemn anyone, but some of us came into the house of God this morning, and when we picked up this cup, we said to ourselves, Oh, I forgot! I forgot! That it was Communion Sunday. I forgot that it was the first Sunday of the month. 
I forgot that we were going to have to examine ourselves. I forgot we were going to have to look deep down into the soil of our soul. I forgot that I was going to hold a piece of the bread. I forgot that I was going to hold a, a cup of wine. I forgot that I was going to have to hold the innocent blood and body of Jesus Christ in my own guilty, dirty hands. We forgot. But if we would have remembered, oh Lord, if I would have remembered last night that I was going to hold your body this morning, I wouldn't have gone to the bar. I wouldn't have sat up till two o'clock in the morning looking at pornography. If I would have remembered last night the blood and the body that I would have to hold this morning, my life would have been different last night. Maybe I would have sought His face last night so that I could find His grace this morning. Maybe I would have locked myself into a prayer closet. Maybe I would have opened up the Word of God. Maybe I would have cried out to my Father and created a heart of thanksgiving in my soul. But Jesus, I forgot. I forgot. I was busy watching sports. I was busy watching TV. Nothing wrong. I was busy preparing for the 4th of July picnic that we're going to. And we forgot all about the one who set us free. Because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And just like the video, this is the only thing that sets you free, church. The body and the blood. But some of us have forgotten, church. I know I'm right because I've been there myself. I've been there where I walk into the house of God forgetting whose house it is. I've been to that place where I walk into the house of God forgetting that I'm standing on holy ground. And it is a privilege for me to come into His presence. I've been there, church, where I've forgotten that it's time to take communion. And that I would have to stand before the Lord and give an account of all that I have done throughout the week. You see, the word of the Lord to us this morning is remember me so that when we come into his house and we come into his presence, we can partake of this rightly. So that when we stretch out our hand and we put it in our hands, we can do so with holy hands and righteous hands. Not hands that have been participating in darkness and evil the night before. Remember me, Jesus said. Remember me. And that's what the Word of the Holy Spirit is to us this morning. I know I'm right, like I said, because I've been there. And the reality is, if we're honest with ourselves, you'll all say, I've been there too. We all, at some point in our life, has been in that, that land of forgetfulness, church, where we forget all about His goodness and all about His grace and all about the price that He paid. We've been in that place where it's all about me, myself, and I, and we forget about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You see, the three people we need to always be mindful of is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, not me, myself, and I. You want to know something? The Holy Trinity is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The demonic trinity is me, myself, and I. And it's time for us to forget about me, myself, and I so that we might exalt the King of glory and rightfully take of His body and His blood. Remember me, Jesus said. Not just because it's Communion Sunday. Not just because it's something we do once a month. Not just because it's some spiritual tradition that the church asks you to participate in. But because Jesus said, do it. Because Jesus said, remember me. Because we cannot afford to forget about His faithfulness in our lives. Listen. Before the children of Israel went into the promised land, God spoke these words. Through Moses, be careful that you do not forget the Lord, the one who brought you out of Egypt, and the one who brought you out of the land of slavery. The very first command that he gave, the very first warning was do not forget, because he understood his children have the propensity to forget. Do not forget where I brought you from, and don't forget where I'm taking you to. 
Don't forget that you were bound up in sin. Don't forget that you were slaves. Don't forget that you were being held captive in captivity. Don't forget you weren't a free man. Don't forget where I brought you from and where I'm taking you to. Don't forget that when you wandered through the wilderness, I gave you clothes that wouldn't wear out. I gave you a cup that wouldn't run dry. Don't forget that I I showered down manna from heaven so you'd never go hungry. And I brought in quail from the four corners of the earth so that you could eat some meat. Don't forget that I parted the Red Sea. Don't forget that I went before you. Don't forget that I provided you a cloud by day to keep you cool and a fire by night to keep you warm. Don't forget the one who brought you out of slavery. Don't forget, church, that you once were lost, but now you're found. You were blind, but now you see. Don't forget that he found you playing with the pigs, but he washed you up. Don't forget you, he, he pulled you out of a pit and now, now you're seated in a palace and in heavenly places. Don't forget that you were once strung out on drugs. Don't forget that you once were drunk as a skunk. Don't forget that you were once cloaked and clothed in unrighteousness, but now you've been wrapped in a robe of righteousness through the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't forget that you once were lost in sin, overtaken by sin, bound up by sin. Don't forget that at one point in your life, your mind was a mess. But somewhere at some time, the light and the love of Jesus Christ broke through all of the darkness. And He set me free. Amen? Don't forget where I've brought you from and where I'm taking you. You see, where He's taking us to is glory. Where He's taking us to is eternity. And when we forget about glory and we forget about eternity, guess where we settle? We settle right here. We settle for less than the best. He's, he's saying, don't forget where I brought you from and don't forget where I'm taking you to. Because if you forget where you came from, you're going to end up there again. And if you forget where I'm taking you, you'll never get there. It's why we must remember and never forget. It's the very first thing that he said. I want you to remember. Remember what I have done for you. And the reality is when we forget... The Bible says we will end up in a land of forgetfulness. When we forget Jesus, we're going to end up in that place where we cannot be a reflection of who Jesus Christ is, church. Listen, the very first warning God gave to his people was to remember all that I have done for you. Don't forget because we have the tendency to forget. Because we're prone to forget. And when we forget, we fail. When we forget, we fall. I want you to understand that our weakest moment in our Christian faith is when we forget about God. When we forget about the cross, when we forget about Jesus Christ, when we forget about the Holy Spirit, when we forget about His Word and forget about His will, we are at our weakest moment when we forget, church. And it's why Jesus told His disciples, remember me, because if you forget me, you'll never survive. If you forget me, you'll never fight. If you forget me, you'll never run. If you forget me, you'll never get the prize. If you forget me, you'll never receive a crown of glory. If you forget me, you'll never hear the words, Well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter in. We must remember him to win. And it's the words of the Holy Spirit this morning. Remember me, church. It's exactly why Jesus said, As often as you do this, As often as you hold this cup, as often as you break this bread, as often as you drink this cup, I want you to remember me. Remember me. Listen, I'm not talking about forgetting. When I talk about forgetting, I'm not talking about forgetting where I left my keys. I'm not talking about forgetting where I left my cell phone. I'm not talking about forgetting where I park my car when I come out of the mall. I'm talking about forgetting about the King of Glory. I'm talking about forgetting about the Son of God. I'm talking about forgetting about the one all-sufficient sacrifice whose blood was able to wash away every sin. I'm talking about forgetting about the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm talking about forgetting about the price that He paid on a place called Calvary. I'm talking about 
about forgetting about the fact that you and I were the ones that should have walked that walk. You and I are the ones that should have been nailed to that cross. You and I are the ones should have, who should have bore the guilt and bore the shame and been mocked and laughed at. But Jesus took our place. And we can't afford to forget that this morning, church. David said in Psalm 88, 12, How can anyone in the land of forgetfulness speak about your righteousness? How can anyone in the land of forgetfulness be a reflection of your righteousness? And the reality is we can't, church. There's no way you and I can reflect the Father's glory. There's no way you and I can reflect the righteousness or the attributes of heaven when we live in a land of forgetfulness. Listen to me, church. When you forget that you are not your own... When you forget that you've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, there's no way you will glorify God in your body. When you forget that you belong to God, you're not going to care how you dress. When you forget that you belong to God, you, you, you don't care how you talk. When you forget that you belong to Jesus Christ and that you've been bought with a, the price of His blood, you don't care how you act and how you live and where you go. But when you remember the blood... When you remember the precious Lamb of God, you're going to look in the mirror every morning and ask yourself, does this reflect the fact that I belong to Jesus? When you put on your suit and you put on your drawers and you put on a blouse and you look in the mirror, does it say, I I look like a a daughter of the King and I I look like a son of the King? Or do I look like I belong to the Lord? You see, Jesus said, He wasn't just talking about when you take communion. Every time you wake up, remember me. Every time you get dressed, remember me. Every time you take a step through life, remember me. Every time you go into a business meeting, remember me. Every time you go on a date, remember me. Every time you walk into my house, remember me. Every time you talk to your spouse, remember me. Every time you discipline your children, remember me. Remember me. You see, I hope you understand those words echo through all eternity and they should ring in our ears every day, not once a month. Remember me. And you find yourself in the middle of a lousy situation. Remember me. When the guy cuts you off going down the road, remember me. When the boss gives you a hard time and gives you a hard day, remember me. When you walk to your cupboards and you can't find food, remember me. When the collection due bill comes due and the shutoff notice is stuck to the front of your door, remember me. Remember me. You see, when we remember God and live our life accordingly, we become a reflection of Jesus Christ. We become the light that we've been called to be and the salt we've become to be. But listen, when you forget, your light goes out. When you forget, the the salt loses its savor. When you and I forget who we are, we're of no use to the kingdom of God. And it's exactly why Jesus said, remember me. Remember me, church. And everything that you do so that you might be a reflection of the kingdom of God. So what is it that we're supposed to remember in the moments that we have left? And we've certainly got some time. I want to look again at 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three to 25. And there's at least four things. Two that I want to spend a major amount of time on. And two that we'll look at as we take communion. But the opening text shows that there's at least four things, five or six, if we really took the time. But the first thing that we should never forget is the fact that Jesus was betrayed. The Bible says on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And I want you to understand the depths of this church. The son of God was betrayed. The son of man was betrayed. The the, the precious lamb of God, the spotless lamb of God, the prince of peace, the holy one of Israel, he was betrayed, church. It says on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. But you and I need to remember and understand that he wasn't betrayed by the Romans. He wasn't betrayed by enemy soldiers. He wasn't betrayed by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the spiritual elites. He wasn't betrayed by a bunch of strangers, church, who knew nothing about him, who had never followed him, who had never heard a message, never never heard his teaching, church. He was betrayed by one of his own. 
I want us to remember this morning that Jesus was betrayed by one of his own chosen disciples. It was one of his own disciples that turned him in to the enemy. It was one of his own dear disciples that became treacherous against him. It was one of his own disciples that betrayed him to the ultimate extent. It was one of his own disciples, church, that had walked with him for three years, that sat under his teaching, that that fellowshiped with him and ate with him and dined with him, that saw him and watched him and heard every word that he speak. And it was one of his own disciples that sold him for a lousy 30 pieces of silver, which was the cost of a simple slave. That's all he meant to one of his own disciples. He was nothing more than a simple slave. And he sold him for 30 pieces of silver. We can't forget that, church. It was one of his own dear disciples that betrayed him. Why is that so important? Because we all have the potential to do the same exact thing. Every single one of us have the potential to betray our Lord. Every single one of us have the potential to be treacherous. Every single one of us have the potential and the propensity within us to to go against the cross and to go against the kingdom and to go against Christ and to betray Him and to demonstrate disloyalty to Him. It's exactly what Judas did, and we must be careful because all of us have the propensity to do the same. I say that based on Matthew 14, 19, where after Jesus shared with the disciples as they were sitting around the, the table enjoying the last supper and jesus began to speak about the betrayal and he began to talk about the things that were going to take place and he talked about what would happen the bible tells us in 1419 and they began they being the 12 disciples they began to be sorrowful the bible says and said to him one by one is it i and another the bible says is it i and another is it i All around the table, every single one of the twelve disciples asked the same exact question. Jesus, is it I? Jesus, is it I who will betray you? Jesus, is it I who will turn against you? Jesus, is it I who will demonstrate disloyalty? Is is it I who will come against the cause of the cross and the, the cause of the kingdom? Jesus, is it I? One by one, the Bible says, around the whole table, 12 of His dearest disciples ask the same exact question. Is it I, Jesus, who has the propensity to betray you? Has the propensity to forget you? Has the propensity... To be disloyal against you. The reality is, yes, every single one of us within us have the propensity, have the capability of denying Jesus, being disloyal to Jesus, betraying Jesus. And it's exactly why Jesus said, remember me. You see, all of us, when put in a certain situation and put in a certain circumstance can betray Jesus Christ. And the reality is, like I said earlier, every time we walk in our own ways, we're disloyal to the cross. And we're disloyal to the Savior. Every time I do what's right in my own eyes, I become disloyal to the cross. And I become disloyal to Christ. Every time I lean on my own understanding and I leave Jesus Christ out of the picture, I become disloyal to the cross and I become disloyal to Christ. And it's exactly why Jesus said, remember me. The second thing that we cannot lose sight of, church, is the fact that we must remember that even on the night Jesus was betrayed, he gave thanks. Even on the night that he was turned over to the enemy, he gave thanks. Even when he had an individual like Judas come into his life and with his lips show much love, but whose heart was far away from him, God, Jesus, gave thanks. When Jesus sat around the table... And he understood that sitting at that table was someone who was about to betray him. 
someone who was about to sell them for 30 pieces of silver, even knowing exactly what was about to happen in his life, the Bible says he gave thanks. He gave thanks, church. And the reality is we've got to learn to do the same exact thing. No matter what situation you find yourself in, give thanks. No matter what circumstance you find yourself in, give thanks. No matter how desperate it might look, give thanks. No matter how dark it might seem, give thanks. No matter how impossible the situation might look, give thanks. No matter how the the odds are stacked against you, give thanks. Give thanks, the Bible says. You and I need to learn through this passage of scripture that in everything we in every in every trial and tribulation we find ourselves in church we need to give thanks on the night that Jesus was about to be betrayed he gave thanks on the night that he was delivered by disloyalty into the hands of the enemy he still gave thanks church but what about us as soon as the sun goes down and the sun stops shining Where's my thanks? As soon as life tosses me a curve, I can't dig up any thanks. can't dig up any praise. I can't dig up any worship. As soon as somebody done me wrong, all of a sudden the king of glory isn't worth my praise and isn't worth my thanks. As soon as I find a, a little ache in my body, what happens to my thanksgiving and what happens to my praise? You see, you and I need to understand that in every area we find ourselves, church, we've got to learn to give thanks. The reality is so often, even even when we come into the house of God, I can't find my favorite parking spot. Somebody's sitting in my seat. He sang the wrong song. Or the preacher preached too long. And all of a sudden, we got to... Muster up some thanks. We got to work at it. We got to try to motivate you. We got to try to light a fire under your seat. Listen to me, church, this morning. I hope you understand Jesus didn't die for a parking spot. I hope you understand that Jesus didn't die for a padded pew. I want you to understand that Jesus Christ died on an old rugged cross so that you and I might have life and have life more abundantly. Amen. So that you and I have a real reason to give up some thanks and to give up some praise. You see, the Bible didn't say give thanks for your circumstance. It said... Give thanks in your circumstance. In it. When you find your cupboards bare, you don't thank God for a bare cupboard. You thank Him that He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. When you can't pay the bill, you don't thank Him that you got a lot. You thank Him that He's able to meet every need that I have according to His riches in glory. Don't forget who He is. You want to know why we can't give thanks and we can't give praise? Because we forget who He is. Because we forget what He's done. Because we forget that He healed my body and He touched my mind, that He saved me, and it was just in time. We forget. And it's why we can't find any praise. You see, the reality is God has given us everything we need pertaining to life and righteousness. And if that doesn't give you a reason to dance, if that doesn't give you a reason to sing, if that doesn't give you a reason to say, God, I thank you and God, I praise you, there's no other sacrifice. There's no other gift he can give. He's done it all. And we need to thank him for it, church. It says, and after he gave thanks, he broke bread, the Bible says. It's time for us to start giving thanks. Amen. It's time for us, no matter what situation or circumstance we find ourselves in, to give thanks. God, it might be cloudy this morning. My day might be gray. But I give you the thanks, Father God, that on the other side of this darkness, there's a light. I thank you, Father. You understand what I'm saying? We've got to rise up. The Bible says that we are to enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts and come into his courts with praise. Can we just praise him for a second, church? He's worthy of our praise.
He's worthy of our thanksgiving. Amen. Third thing we're to remember as I begin to wind this down and enter into this holy moment with communion. The third thing that we are to remember is his body that was broken, church. I think we forget sometimes that it was his body that was broken when it should have been ours. This is my body, Jesus said, which was broken for you. You see, I think we forget sometimes that he was broken because of us. I think we forget sometimes that he was broken by our sin and for our sin. He was broken by my iniquity and for my iniquity. He was broken by my guilt and by my unrighteousness, and he was broken for my guilt and for my unrighteousness. His body was broken for me. He reminded them that this is my body which was broken for you. Jesus didn't need his body to be broken for him. We needed his body to be broken for us, and it's what we must remember. Jesus, what Jesus was saying as he sat around this table is, I want you to remember that I was wounded for your transgression. When I'm long gone, when I've gone to be with my Father, as I go to prepare a place for you so that where I'm at you can be also while I'm gone, I want you to remember that that I was wounded. I was broken. I was beaten and bruised for your transgressions. I was bruised for your iniquities. The punishment, the chastisement, the beating, the whipping that I bore for your peace, I bore on my shoulders so that you could have peace with the Father. And it is by my stripes. It is by my beatings. It is by the the gashes on my back. It is by the the whipping that I took. It was based on the punishment and the wounds and the injuries that were afflicted on me. It was because of the punishment you deserve that I took that you are healed. You're healed this morning. I want you to understand we are healed spiritually and we are healed physically because of the work of Jesus Christ upon a cross. We must remember that His body was broken for our sins. Remember, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. The punishment for sin, the consequences of sin is death. Someone had to pay the price. Someone had to suffer. Someone had to spill their blood. Someone's body had to be beaten. Someone's body had to be bruised. Someone's body had to be broken. And Jesus was broken on our behalf. This is my body which was broken for you. I think more than anything that we forget is that we forget everything that Jesus went through we deserved. I think more than anything else we forget that the pain and the anguish and the suffering that Jesus experienced and the guilt and the shame and the condemnation that was attached to the cross. I think we forget that we deserve that church. But the innocent, spotless Lamb of God traded places with guilty man so that we might stand before the Father blameless and with great joy. How many of you are thankful for that this morning? That today, amen, we can stand before the Lord blameless. Amen. Finally, we have to remember the blood that was shed above everything else. If it wasn't for the blood, we'd have no hope. If it wasn't for the blood, we couldn't come before the Father. If it wasn't for the flood, blood, we would have no life. If you had no blood flowing through your body, you wouldn't be here today. You'd be dead and in a grave. We'd be singing sad songs over your life. We'd be putting bouquets on your grave. And the reality is, without the blood of Jesus Christ being applied and flowing through your life, we'd be singing the same sad songs for you. Without the blood of Jesus Christ, you'd be in a spiritual grave. And we'd be putting spiritual flowers upon your grave. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we have life this morning. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we're able to stand blameless before God with a joyful heart and a grateful heart. You see, without the blood, we'd still be lost. Without the blood, we'd still be playing with the pigs. 
Without the blood, we'd still be wrapped in unrighteousness. Without the blood, when someone looked at us, church, all they would see is our filthy, guilty iniquities draped all around us. But the reality is, when Jesus hung on that cross and he shed his precious blood, it came and it washed away every single sin. You see, the Word of God tells us that the blood of bulls and goats, with the blood of bulls and goats, it's impossible. It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to wash away our sin. If you know anything about Bible history, you know the only thing that the blood of bulls and goats could do was cover our sin. could only cover it for 365 days. 365 days later, another bull had to be slaughtered and blood had to be spilled again. Every 365 days, another sacrifice had to be made and another offering had to be given. But when Jesus, as the precious Lamb of God, carried across the Calvary and He shed all of His blood for you and me, it not only covered our sin, it washed our sins away. So this morning, we need to remember, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can take a man made of flesh that's filled with faults and frailties and make him a new creation? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can take a prostitute or a drunk? What can take a liar, a cheat, and a thief? What can take a homeless man that's got no hope? What can take an addict? What can take sins which are as scarlet and wash them white as snow? Nothing, church, but the blood of Jesus. Nothing, church. Can we bless the Lord for that this morning? I don't know where you've been, but you do. I don't know what your reputation used to be, but you do. I don't know how lost you were, but you do. I don't know how much darkness surrounded your life, but you do. And Jesus did. And because of the blood of Jesus Christ, old things have passed away and all things have become new. Amen? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask everybody to take your elements this morning, begin to peel them back. First Corinthians, we're going to save a little praise and worship for the end. But right now I want to make sure that we give ourselves completely to the Lord. Just in the last few minutes that we have, here's what I want us to do. I'm going to read a passage of scripture and I want us to remember Jesus Christ and everything that he's done. And I want us to take just a moment as Pastor Chad leads us in a worship, to give ourselves completely to the Lord. I think you have a song prepared, Give Myself to You. But let me read this passage first, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six to 27. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and sinning against the blood. And it's exactly why I brought you this word this morning, so none of us would be guilty. So that every single one of us would understand what we need to do to make sure that we hold the body and the blood in just hands. But it says everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. As Pastor Chad sings this song, that's what I want us to do. I want us to examine ourselves, church. And as we examine ourselves, give everything we find to God. Every ugly thing, every selfish thing, every ungodly thing, let's just give it all to God. Can we do that this morning? That we are offering ourselves as a sacrifice. Go ahead. This is my Why don't you stand as we do this, this church? Amen. To
Jesus on the night that he was betrayed. Let us not be a betrayer this morning, church. He took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. And I want you to do this in remembrance of me before you take. Father God, we thank you for your body. We thank you, Father God, that even on the night that you were betrayed, you taught us to give thanks. So, Father, before we even take of this bread, I give you thanks, Father God, for the sacrifice. We give you thanks for your body, which was broken on our behalf, God, so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I pray, God, that everyone in the house this morning would have examined themselves so that we would not betray you this morning. And that we wouldn't take this bread or drink of this cup unjustly. But that as we do, we know we do it with great joy and blameless because of the work of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for this body. In Christ's name, amen. Take of this cup, her body, church. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the same way, after supper, after they fellowshiped for a little while, basically the Bible says. You know, and all I want to say to you is sometimes, church, we can't rush into the presence of God. Sometimes we got to fellowship a little bit. Sometimes before we lift this up and swallow it down we got to take a little time to talk to Jesus to talk to the Savior of our soul say Jesus I love you Jesus I worship you Jesus I adore you Jesus I thank you that you look past all my sins and all my guilt and all of my shame, all my faults and all of my failures. And you, you want to have fellowship with me. I thank you, God, for your fellowship this morning because of the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that we can come boldly into your throne room of grace and carry on a conversation with the King of Kings and the the Lord of Lords. I, I thank you that because of the blood, we have now been made sons and daughters. We're now part of the bloodline of the Holy One of Israel. And this morning, Father God, as we lift up the cup, we take time to thank you and we take time to praise you, God. Because without this blood, we would be nothing. But because of this blood, we are now the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. Let us partake of this. And as we do, remember Him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Take. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we just bless the Lord for just a second, church? I know earlier we sang a song, That Amazing Grace, and I just feel if we can play that, that's what I want to end with this morning. Just to remember His amazing grace, amen, and then I'll close us out. Can we sing that one this morning, church? And as we do, I know this is a change of schedule, change of what we had in in store, but I want us to remember His amazing grace, how sweet the sound. It saved a wretch like me. Amen. Let's sing it and then I'll dismiss you. Amazing grace.